Good morning. I guess we don't need a mask, do we? Well, you know, we always sing the message. The worship team always sings the message. Whoever is speaking always speaks the message. We are in such a different time right now. We're in a time called called pause in God's heart. The world might call it COVID, but God calls it, calls it I pushed the pause button because there's an invitation. And even this video that we just heard is an invitation. And all that takes is a yes. This is going to be an amazing course. I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, he's an amazing man. And this is all about the love of God. And it's all about you come before God with no veil. You come as you are. Your eyes are wide open to see who he is. And when you see him, you actually see who you are. And so this is the invitation of this season to have our eyes wide open. So I'm just going to pray, Father, here's our hearts. Here are our lives. Open wide our eyes. Open wide our hearts. We want to see you. We want to see you. We ask for your spirit of wisdom and revelation. Reveal yourself to us. And in that, you're going to reveal who we are. We're going to see ourselves as you see us. We're going to see ourselves as your tabernacle, your house, your dwelling place, your sons, your daughters. We're going to see that we are the holy of holies. And the holy place is sanctified. And the holy place is becoming whole with a W. Because we've said yes. So we just thank you. We say yes to you. We thank you that when we say yes, that's our invitation back to you that you are speaking very loudly, that you are calling your people to look to you. That's your heart right now. He's saying, I'm calling my people to look to me. So we just say yes, and we thank you in advance. We sang it today. We said, look, look with your eyes to heaven. And when you look with your eyes to heaven, you're going to see faith, because when you look at him, his eyes are full of faith. Jesus died on the cross with eyes full of faith. He died believing. He died with joy. In the agony of the cross, in the agony of the pain, there was joy of him knowing that you are his. You are mine. So wherever there's pain in our lives, there's a joy of knowing, I know him, he is mine, and there's a joy in his eyes back to me. I know you, you are mine, and we are one together. And it says, look, we sang this, look, look into his eyes, unafraid, we're to come as we are. Just come as you are. There's no cleaning up. There's no repenting. There's just coming into the throne room because his mercy's new every day. There's no judgment. His mercy's new every day. And it's coming before his throne because we are spirit. We have one foot on the earth and one foot in heaven. And we live in the throne room because we were crucified with Christ. We were buried with him together. In Ephesians, it says together, 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 as one, as one, as one, as one, even the body, as one, as one, as one. Together we were crucified. Together we were buried. Together we were resurrected in resurrection life, eternal life. 
Together we ascended and together we are seated. We live from the throne room. That's our perception. That's the perception of our eyes. When we look at the body of Christ, we see through heaven's eyes. We don't see through the old man. We don't see sin. God doesn't judge man. He doesn't judge us according to the flesh. He doesn't see us according to the flesh. He sees sons and daughters. He saw them in Egypt, coming out of Egypt. They were orphans. They didn't know him as father. They were slaves. They had a wilderness mentality. They didn't even know that they were sons of God. They just knew that they had a God. But he said, there's my sons and my daughters because he has eyes of faith. He died believing. And so that's how we see the church. That's how we see the body of Christ. That's how we see each other, and we're practicing it. How are we practicing it? We're looking into his eyes, and those are eyes of faith. And then what happens is, before you know it, our eyes are clear. I, our eyes are seen through heaven's eyes. There is no veil. Anything that we brought with us, I call it a suitcase. It doesn't define you. We've all brought a suitcase. I bought the whole baggage train, but some people only bought a suitcase. And in that suitcase is sometimes God saying, Oh, we need to open that today. And sometimes it happens in worship because God's saying, oh, there's something there that's defining you. There's a lie. There's a wound. There's a lie attached to that wound, to that pain. And you've been circling the wilderness and enduring that pain. And you're, and you're allowing it to define you. You're allowing it to say, this is your identity. And God's saying, no, Christ is in you. You're an anointed child. That is not your identity. That's a lie. Don't buy the lie. So this is in the worship I don't know if you notice that every time Jesse invites us to hear God and to look to him, sometimes he, he'll tell you something that's there. And, but it's not a flaw that's in you. It's somewhere he wants to bring the light out of you. The word is written on your heart. He's given you a new heart and a new spirit. And it is, it is finished on the cross. So whatever came in our suitcase, he wants to open that up because he wants to remind you, that's been nailed to the cross. That's been nailed to the cross. That's not you. That's not your identity. So there's no one like you, God. And we run to him unafraid, and we look to him. And Leslie, even this morning, said, gave the invitation, because this is an invitation. All it requires is a yes. 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 And then, thank you in advance. Thank you. And God goes, oh, you invited me in. You gave me permission. Oh, you said yes to me again. It, you came with your pain. You came with your sorrow. You came with your suitcase. He goes, I know what's in there. You might not, but I do. And he, and he says, you gave me your yes because I want you wholly mine. I want to occupy every place of my dwelling, every room. I want you. I want the fullness of you because when we bring this, we don't know the fullness of who we've been created to be. We don't know fully our purpose or our destiny. But that's not us. We're just coming and he shows us stuff like that. Unless he said, the invitation today is for healing. The invitation is to him to be your refuge. We sang it. We sang it. There's no one like you. I look into your eyes. I'm looking into you because I live in you. I live and move and have my being in you. Why? Because he first lives and moves and has his being in us. So there's a divine exchange here. So the invitation today is for the divine exchange. And so just say yes and invite him in. And he's going to, um, in our worship, we, we're just lifting up our hearts. And when we lift up our hearts and we lift up our yes and we lift up our thank you in advance, that's the bowing down place. Do you know that? 
Giving your heart is the bowing down place. I'm submitting my heart to you. Everybody's so afraid of the word submission. It is the receiving place of life. I submit my heart to you. When we submit one to another, we are giving life one to another. We are bringing life. We're bringing love. We're setting each other free. Why? Because we're joined. Each joint supplies. You've got life to give me, and I've got life to give you. And this is the body being wholly alive, being wholly healed. And so today is, okay, God is speaking, and he's saying, I'm, I'm calling my people to look to me. And so when he, Jesse was um, talking about what is he saying, I felt like there was a corporate word, and that there's hope for the weary. Today might have not been your best day. This might not be your best year. <laughs> but there's hope for the weary. Because Jesus died believing in you. And he didn't get overwhelmed by sin on the cross. He endured the agony of it because there was a joy. So he, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary with your burdens or other people's burdens. Don't take them on. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart for yourself. Don't lose heart for your church. Don't lose heart for your family. Because God never loses heart. If we lose heart for any of those things, we lose heart for ourselves, we lose heart for the church, we've stopped looking at him. We've stopped looking and we're looking at the problem. I know what's wrong. I've seen it. And we're eating from the tree of knowledge of right and wrong and good and evil. I know. I know what's good. I know what's evil. I know what's right, and I know what's wrong. And the fruit of that tree for me is death. So I choose life. I just say yes. I choose life because I don't want to waver between two trees all the time. We're at one tree, one tree, Jesus. Jesus is the tree of life. Anything else. So when we keep eating at the other tree, God's saying, you know that suitcase? I want to open it up because you've been eating somewhere else. You've been believing something else. You've, your eyes are muddy. Your eyes, you haven't looked into my eyes, so your eyes are muddy. All you can see is judgment. All you can see is what's wrong. All you can see is sin. All you can see is what needs to be fixed. I, I just want you to look at me because when we get healed individually and our eyes truly see with faith, that's how we'll see other people. That's how we'll see the church. We won't be in unbelief to his church. He died believing for his church. He died believing. He saw her altogether lovely, blameless, above reproach. That's his bride. I think the mask is because so we can't speak against his bride. I think that's what the mask is. We can't speak against his bride because he only wants eyes. He only wants eyes. That's all he wants. That's all we've got for each other when we wear a mask. We can't, we can't fix anybody. All we've got is eyes. All we can look at them and see is how precious they are. Why? Because we looked into his eyes. And we know how precious we are. We can't give what we don't have. So we're practicing relationship. People are precious. The church is precious. The bride is precious. So it's for your eyes only right now in this pause. He's pushed the pause button. It's a reset. So this is in, in, not in any of my notes. But thank you, Lord. <laughs> so there's the invitation. The reason I'm starting with the invitation is because I'm, I'm kind of jumping off of what Anastasia said last week. Because I really believe this is the season of the invitation. 
And he's just looking, he's calling to us, so he's speaking, but he's looking for the hearts that are looking. He's looking, he's looking, he's looking. Where's the place I can land? Where's that yes? Where are the eyes directed at me? And in this be still and know that I am God, this is the season where he wants to reveal who he is and who we are. And in this invitation, Anastasia gave a testimony. Testimonies are so important. That means do it again, Lord. So everybody that's hearing this and heard Anastasia testimony, whenever you hear a sister or brother's testimony, it means in your heart, do it again. But lots of times we don't need to, we don't know that God needs to do it in us because we've never allowed him to open that up. We just, we're so busy being good people, doing good things, doing right things, working for the kingdom, like serve, 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 all these great things. And God says, no, I, wa I want you to know my heart, and I want to know your, mark, your heart. And in Anastasia's season, it was a season where unhealed pain came to the surface. So there was something that wasn't her identity. It was, she's the seed of Christ. Christ is in her. The wholeness is in the seed. All the DNA of the Father's in her. But there's something that came in the suitcase. And God's going, okay, I know you're ready. I want to heal that unhealed pain. Because pain is usually a wound, and there's always lies with wounds, and the lies always form your identity, or we will cast it on someone else. We will say, it's their fault. We'll start blaming others for our wound. God says, you've got to own your own wounds. But it was purposeful. You've got to own it, because there's a lie attached to it. And if I blame other people, I won't take ownership of the lies that are attached to any pains or wounds. And so it was a turning point in her life, but it was a turning point of awakening, of knowing who she's created to be, an awakening to how loved she is, an awakening to the Father's love. You know what? We get that awakening, and we get it again and again and again and again because his love is without measure. God is without measure. He's boundless. He's limitless. So the pain caused the turning. What if the pain in this Okay, we'll call it the earth's calling it COVID season. I'd say it's God's pause, wanting to say how much I love you, invitation. Okay, the world's saying COVID. What if this is an invitation for us just to all to come in and give him our pain and everything? Sometimes we carry pain. We carry pain and we carry sorrow and we don't even know what's there. Hebrews 12, 1 talks about, as for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. We must let go. We must let go. There's no plan B. We must let go. So you got to own it. And then we corporately have to own it because we are one body. God sees one body. If I'm blaming the body of Christ, pointing at the body of Christ, pointing at the bride or the church, that's pointing right back at me. So we have to own this. We must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. That's the lie attached to the wound. Now I think this is who I am, and now I really know who you are because you're really bad. But we're pointing at our own body. It's going to affect our own health, really, is what it's going to do. We are able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out. See, when we, when we let go of these wounds, and it's in worship, I'm bowing down. I'm lifting up my heart, and I'm bowing down, and in that, I'm letting go so that God can, when, what is God saying? 
because he's saying who you are. So there's a letting go of that, but he's already got a path marked out for us, but we can't run that path without continually letting go of what he is shining his light on. It's not us doing some kind of devil hunt of our hearts. He just shines his light. He brings hidden things to the light. They are made manifest, and they are made light. They know lot because you are light. Your father's light. My daddy's light. I am light. That's who I am. It's just some stuff I brought with me. So we, this is the key. We have to look away from the natural realm. If the world is your focus in this season, you're going to miss the invitation to look into his eyes. And you're going to receive the invitation of the world. And it's distracting. It takes your attention. Your eyes will be on the spirit of the world. Everything that's wrong, every word that's being said, the bitterness, the anger, everybody's words. That's why, that's why we're like this. Because God says, I don't want my people's opinions to separate them. I don't want your words to separate you from the body of Christ. Shut your mouth. Open up your eyes. See who you are. See him. And then see the other person like that. So we're looking away from the natural realm. How do we do that? We sang it. We're looking to Jesus. We're fasting our gaze upon Jesus. And when we see Jesus, we see the Father. So you might have a Jesus encounter. You might have a Father encounter. Jesus birthed faith. So when you look at him, you're going to birth faith because there's a seed of faith in you. It's a mustard seed, but God wants that seed to be a tree. So if you are practicing looking, looking, receiving, receiving, yes, here I am, I choose life. He gives you faith for the nations. He gives you faith for your church because he sees your church the way that he sees it because he died believing. And then so I know when I look to him, Something in me needs to die where I think I'm right, so I'm going to let it die because there is no resurrection life without a death. There's some dead thoughts that need to die. We need to take 50 bullets and shoot it in the head. We have to have the mind of Christ. There's lies we believe that we say, God, this is who this person is. This is who the church is. And we pray all around it. This is who the body is. This is The world is ugly and dark and evil. And God says, well, go overcome it with good. That's what Jesus did. The Holy Spirit says, well, I'm light. I love to brood where there's darkness. <gasps> Chaos, here I am. Void and empty like in creation. Oh, that's where I want to brood. And we go, world, oh. And God goes, you're the light, and I put you in the world to be the light so those that sit in darkness can see a great light. They can see Christ in you. They can see me. They can know me. So he's, this, he was our example, wasn't he? Because his heart was focused on the joy set before him. He, he endured the agony of the cross. He endured the agony of pain and sorrow. He endured all our wounds that we put on him, all our pain, all our sin. He endured it all because he knew that he knew that he knew he was full of joy because he believed. Faith has a sound, and it sounds like joy. When, it, when the fullness of faith comes, when the fullness of that tree comes, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory because you know that you know that you know what God said he's going to do. He's just looking for a generation that will agree with him and not agree with their natural eyes. Look away, look away, turn. The invitation is to turn away from something 
and to turn to him so that we believe. And so now he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. Where are we seated? We are seated with him too. We have a, we're eagles. If anybody's a prophet or prophesies, it has to be from heaven. It has to be from faith. It has to be with clear eyes, not muddy eyes. I'm not prophesying over anything that I think is wrong because God will say, I need a prophet that sees what I see. That's it, period. So, I really believe this is what God is speaking right now. In Psalm 6, 7, in the Passion Translation, it says, my eyes of faith won't focus anymore for sorrow fills my heart. That's what happens when we stop looking at him and we look at what brings us sorrow. Does a relationship bring you pain or sorrow? Does what you see happening or not happening in your family, your marriage, your church, in the earth, fill your eyes with sorrow and pain and faith can't see anymore? Are the eyes, the lens of our heart muddied because we can't see? We have to say, God, I want to see what you see because there's so many enemies that come against us. We're all going to experience uh, enemies. We're all going to experience persecution. But I really believe that if sorrow is the lens, unbelief is what it sees. What was the lens of the wilderness for the people of God? Sorrow was their lens. Just listen to their mouths. They never had any words of belief. God says, this is it. This is the land of milk and honey. Look how big that fruit is. I said to go in. I said, you're going to take it. And they said, we don't care what God said. We have sorrow because they never went into the tent with Moses. They stood outside the tent, but they never went into intimacy. They never went into having a relationship, a communion, an intimacy with God so they can come out of the tent and say, yes, we're going into the promised land. No matter what the giants look like, no matter what the wilderness looks like, this is your promise. You are the yes and the amen. Nothing that I see, hear, or know is going to stop me. And then every now and then, God opens up that suitcase to show you something that's in the suitcase, right? Because you say, okay, this might try to stop you. I'm just showing it to you so you can bring it to the light. It will be made manifest and it will be made light. So we have to sometimes listen to our mouths because then we'll know that our faith isn't focused. We've stopped believing. Whether they're words over ourselves or others, the world, the body, the bride. Do you know that the sorrow of the heart that's really major right now is, is loneliness? You know, Generation Z, they said that they did a study and then their number one thing that they wanted to express was, was their loneliness. And all this social media, all this technology, all the ways we have of connecting and they are the loneliest generation because there's a disconnection. We're missing out on touch right now, even as the body of Christ. They're lonely because they're not seen. They may be on social media, but they're not seen. Their hearts are not seen, heard, or known. They're not really seen, are they? So everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be known. But only God, only looking into his eyes are you going to be seen and you're going to see him. So I really believe that um, 
God just wants to open up our suitcase one, one at a time. Oh, no. Starts with my dream. But um, in July of 2019, <clears throat> um, excuse me, uh, I had a dream on a Saturday night, and it was about two men. And in that dream, I, I experienced something with these two men, and I thought, okay, this is interesting. So uh, Sunday morning, I was going to church when, after I woke up, and I said, okay, Lord, I know you're going to reveal to me what that dream was about. So I came in here, and Jesse was preaching. He was preaching on forgiveness. So I'm like, okay, I know what that dream was about. <laughs> it's, it's about forgiveness. And God just showed me how I had a gentle attachment, just a string. Could you imagine just a string of attachment to somebody? That's holding you back. Because you're not attached to God there. You're attached to the past. You're attached to a wound. You're attached to a lie. You're attached to yesterday. Yesterday's a dead day. It's a dead day. If I drag it in today, it makes a little bit of today a little bit dead, deadish. <laughs> I want to be more alive today than yesterday. And so in this dream, um, God showed me that uh, when, Ted, when Jesse was um, preaching and he asked us, he gave us a scripture and he said, what is God saying? So every time that we are induced to hear God, it's a good idea to hear God because you're going to empty your suitcase or your baggage train. <laughs> it's going to get emptied. It's going to be brought to the light. And the Lord showed me I had a resentment towards these men because I was misunderstood. It was a simple misunderstanding where they misunderstood me. And I even had a prophet come from England and prophesy over me and Dan and said, you two have been greatly misunderstood. This was in 2012. I'm having this dream in 2019. Like, it's always deeper. It's always deeper. It's always deeper. It's always deeper. Because God wants to be the fullness in your heart. He wants to live and move and have his being in you. So, okay, I gave all that to God. I was like, yes, I was misunderstood. Being misunderstood quite often points to your identity. You feel like it, it, someone who misunderstands you is trying to define who you are, and sometimes you buy a lie. And so we have to let go of these strings of the past. We have to, when we come into God's presence, he'll reveal something that we need to let go of. And it's just simply saying, here's my heart, Lord. Here's my life. Here's my yes. Here's my last. Show me. Show me. Speak to me what's true. When we do these, when we do these activations with Jesse, it's just God showing you what's true. He's not showing you resentment to say, this is the ugly you. He's showing it to you saying, this is not you. This is not your identity. And so in, if you look at the Junction Church and you look at that heart, I really believe that cross is Christ in us and that he took all our pain and he took all our sorrow and he took all the things that tried to define us and they were nailed to the cross we are not sinners saved by grace would jesus say i'm a sinner saved by grace <laughs> how hilarious would that be he doesn't look at sin sin has no dominion he paid that either he paid the price or he didn't either he shed his blood and made covenant paid the price and keeps covenant or he didn't so sin is not who you are, and sin is not who somebody else is. They're a son of God. They're the body of Christ. They're the bride. That's who they are. So there's a going low to see this. 
And so I see this as that water. I see that the river of life, that every time we, something comes to the light, it's nailed to the cross, and out of that comes resurrection life because something had to die for resurrection life to come. And so every time we take our stuff, we come as we are. You're okay. You're perfect. You're wonderful. You're the seed of Christ. You are not your weakness. You are not your flaw. You are not those things. But we're nailing to the cross and we're saying, no, the blood of Jesus covered this. This is not who I am. This is not who you are. And there's a river flowing out of my belly. There's a river flowing out of this church. Release it, Lord. Release it. And it's life and it's eternal life. And we're washing each other with resurrection life. That's what we're doing. Everywhere we go, we're bringing life. We're giving life. We're not giving, I know what's wrong with you. You need to be fixed. (laughs) You know, the water is very clear. It's not muddy. There's no judgment in that water. No judgment in that water. But something in me has to die for that resurrection life, that water to flow out of me. So I'm giving life to people that are broken. Leslie talked about the invitation for the healing, for the refuge. You have to bring life to people. Jesus never came to destroy anybody. So I believe that God's saying, I'm calling you to look at me, and we must let go of every wound, fasten our gaze upon Jesus. We will have his faith because he'll birth that mustard seed of faith in us, and it will grow more every day. And I really believe that that we will endure by nailing our stuff to the cross. And when we do that, when we nail it to the cross, we're, dis- we're demonstrating to principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places, you are beneath my feet. And when I pray for the other person, I'm not pointing out sin, talking about sin. I'm talking about Jesus. You nailed that thing to the cross. And I'm standing in the gap. And I'm declaring that I'm standing above every principality, power, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. And the blood of Jesus is on them. Because you came to save them. You wished none would perish. See, it's our heart motivation when we see. It's our heart motivation when we pray. It's our heart motivation when we speak. So right now I'm thinking God's saying, shut up. Shut up. And let him break the strings of the stuff that we've got in our own suitcases it's time to own your own stuff because you know what when you own your own stuff and you nail it to the cross he's your portion he's your portion he's without measure he's your prize he's your everything because you let go you let go and all you can have for each other is eyes for each other that's all you can have i see jesus in you i see jesus in you I see Jesus in you. I see Jesus in you. That's all That's the eyes that we have. So when we turn our eyes upon Jesus and look in his beautiful face, all we're going to find is mercy and grace, his wonderful, beautiful face. And then that, when we look at him and we look into his eyes, when we turn and we look at other people, that's how we're going to see the way he saw us. That's what we're going to give away. Because we turned away from our pain and our sorrow We nailed it to the cross. It had to die because it's already dead. I just didn't know it was dead. I was still believing a lie. (laughs) It's dead. But so I know the resurrection life that's in me when I turn out of my belly flows rivers of living waters. So today's the day. Today's the day to hear his voice. This is such a 
serious word. There can't be any umbrella. Because he loves you so much and he wants to rain his love on you and his mercy on you. He wants to tell you he likes you. He loves you. So that when you turn, you can point to people and you can stand in front of them and say, I love you, I like you. Sin is not the issue. I don't even see it. It has no dominion. It's a very serious word. Today's the day. You want to enter into the rest of faith? Look into his eyes because his gaze is going to birth your faith. That seed's going to be a tree that others are going to come and sit under because you believe in them. Because you believe God. You believe who he created them to be. You believe that the Son of God lives in them and through them. Very serious word. It's a rest of faith. Faith and your faith will work through love. So God says, I'm calling you today to look at me. In Song of Songs, the Shulamite says, I've made up my mind. Can't change my mind. I've made up my mind. Until the darkness disappears and the dawn has fully come, in spite of shadows and fears, in spite of pain and wounds, in spite of sorrow, in spite of what I would see naturally, hear and know naturally, I will go to the mountaintop with you, the mountain of suffering love. We can't avoid it. We've got to own it, and then we give it back to him. And the hill of burning incense, yes, I will be your bride. Yes. And that's where intimacy and communion and fruitfulness comes. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood and water from his side when he died, when he was pierced. Just like Adam. Adam birthed Eve from his side. That was the first bloodletting. That's a blood covenant. He birthed her. Jesus birthed the bride. He birthed the church on the cross. He died for her. He died for you. He died for me. And when we turn to look at him and we turn away, we're going to progressively, we're going we're to die to ourselves. Our focus isn't going to be self-focused or what's wrong. We're just going to die to ourselves. I'm going to let that go. Oh, that's in my suitcase. He shed his blood and water from his side to birth the bride and the Kootenays, to birth this church. That's how he sees this church, his bride, without spot or wrinkle. So when you come together in your feasts and communion, wash her, just wash her, just wash her, wash her with the word. Tell her who she really is. Remind her, give her life, give her bread, give her wine. Cause her to awaken to her true identity. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you rose again. Thank you that you birthed your bride in the Kootenays. Your blood is on the soil of the Kootenays. Your blood is on the soil of our hearts. Your blood is on the soil of this church. Thank you, Jesus. And may everything that you deserve be returned to you because you paid the price. 
you endure pain and suffering and sorrow. Because we're your joy. We're Papa's joy. We're your bride. We're sons and daughters. We're our Father's joy. We're our bridegroom's joy. Fill us, Holy Spirit, with the kingdom of God. Fill us with righteousness, peace, and joy so we overflow with joy and that we celebrate one another always and forever. We just thank you in advance. Here's our hearts. Here's our hearts. Here's our lives. Speak truth to us. Speak truth to us. We thank you in advance. Thank you, Jesus.